and I wanted to make a shirt that said bourbon bullshitter on it. So if, if you're a listener out there and you think that's a good idea, I want you to shoot Jim an email. <laughs> Jim at the bourbon This sounds or, like or tag big chief and bourbon bullshitter. And we'll <laughs> this sounds like my show where it's like, yeah, Zeke has an idea and he's like, and reach out to John because I'm not going to look at the social media, but. Welcome to another trip down the bourbon road with your hosts, Jim and Mike. So grab a glass of your favorite bourbon and kick back. We would like to thank Tommy and Gwen Mitchell from Logheads Home Center for supporting this episode of the bourbon road. Find out more about their fine rustic furniture at logheadshomecenter.com. Well, hello, I'm Jim Shannon. I'm Mike Hyatt. And this is the Bourbon Road. And today, Mike, where are we? We're down here in Brentwood, Tennessee, and we got Big John. John Edwards. From the Dad's Drinking Bourbon. Hey, guys. Hey, it's good to have you. I can't believe I got to come up to your room so soon in our relationship. This is great. We actually laughed about that a little bit. We're like, this Tennessee boy is going to come up into the room with a big old Texan and a Kentuckian. And he's thinking... <laughs> He's thinking deliverance, you know. The banjos are playing. I'm a Kentucky grad. I don't know why anybody, you know, like, here's the thing is I get hell from all the folks in Tennessee because I graduated from Kentucky. All the, the distilleries on the trail, all those folks, they go, oh, you're just a Kentucky boy. And then all the people up in Kentucky that don't know just think I'm a Tennessee boy. So I'm kind of like, I'm both. Your roots in Kentucky, but you're, you claim Tennessee now, right? I claim Tennessee now. I love Tennessee, but, you know, I bleed blue. Yeah. You know why Tennessee fans wear orange, right? Why is that? So they can go to the game on Saturday, go hunting on Sunday, and pick up trash on the side of the road on Monday. <laughs> oh, man. I, I mean, I love Tennessee, but... There goes 10 fans right there. Go Cats. <laughs> well, we've been, look, we've been looking forward to having you on for a while now. It's, it's a, it, we're sorry that Zeke couldn't make it today, but uh, you, you make sure to tell Zeke. We'll catch him on the next time. Oh, you're, you're not the first person to say that. So you think Zeke, Zeke would have been a little intimidated by this room? No, no. Maybe my Southern accent's better than his. Your Southern accent is better than his, but what I will say is, is you're not the first organization to doubt Zeke's existence. And, and the Tennessee Whiskey Trail actually has a running joke because we have done so much as Dad Shrinking Bourbon with the Tennessee Whiskey Trail, but they've actually never met Zeke. So grains and grits, I went solo. There's so many things that I've done with the trail. Every time I go to East Tennessee, I've gone to Old Forge, did something at Little Arrow Resort with about four distilleries. Zeke has never been there. Yeah, but So they think you're, you're doing his voice. Yes. Okay. <laughs> they asked me if I do it in post. And then when I post a picture of Zeke and I, they actually said, well, you could hire actors. So they don't believe. That's just a little fella you hire. Yeah. <laughs> All right, Mike. Well, I'm getting that itch. You know, we don't like to waste a whole lot of time before we get to that first bourbon. So well, you, if you looked over here, I was already sipping on this stuff. I know you were, but we didn't tell our <laughs> listeners what, you, what you're sipping on. So, so I, 
John, I, I brought something pretty special today. It's near and dear to me and Jim's heart with this company. It's a horse soldier. We brought their uh, barrel strength bourbon whiskey for you, 117 proof. If a lot of people don't know this story about these guys, um, they went to war right after the 9-11 over in Afghanistan and um, actually fought on horses in, in modern age. That's a weird thing, yeah. right? And then the bottle mold is from metal from the um, World Trade Center, which you can see on their website and stuff. Oh, so the the mold that they formed the glass with. Yes. Okay, cool. Um, not the metal on the front of the bottle, but the bottle mold itself. Um, so I, th- I think that's something pretty cool. Um, that's super cool. Yeah, well, great story. And uh, we were talking earlier that they're going to be building a distillery. They're down in Florida right now, but they're going to be building a distillery up in Somerset, Kentucky. For our fans that don't know where that's at, our listeners don't know where that's at. That's down there by Lake Cumberland. Yeah, that's 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 summer vacation land down there. I seventy five. That's really where Colonel Sanders, right near there, started the first uh, Kentucky Fried yeah, Chicken. Over in Corbin, right? Yeah, not yeah. too far from Corbin. So one of the things you need to do before you leave here, because I know you're only here for a few days, so you have to check out Leatherwood Distillery in Pleasant View. So it's about twenty minutes northwest of nashville and the the uh the distiller and owner of leatherwood he was a green beret and he actually makes this thing called sweet feed and it's more of a moonshine but he was a green beret over in afghanistan and he shipped over a six foot column still to afghanistan wow so he made it out there so the the way that they're making it it's not corn it's the feed that you would feed the horses and and the animals and he distilled some now he has a nice bourbon and a nice rye and he makes other moonshines but this sweet feed i don't know how much you guys cuss on this show so i'll I'll keep it clean (laughs) um i always just say on our show zeke don't say the f word but everything else, if it's on cable TV, yeah, I'll, I'll let him say it. But th- this stuff, it's like being in a barn. It's the smell of being in a barn without the crap. Well, I'm kind of familiar with Sweet Feet because I have a couple of horses and, and they get Sweet Feet every now and then. It, I didn't know that they made moonshine out of it, but I can see where it would work. It's, it's just this one place. It's, okay. got, it's molasses in it. Um, it's like a binder for all the feed together and stuff. Yeah. I use that to feed deer with. (laughs) (laughs) But it's a a little, little place in Pleasant View, Tennessee. And he was special forces and everything about their, their bottles and what's on there is an ode to special forces, but he made this sweet feed stuff. And I go, you know, I said to him, how the hell did you get a column still over to Afghanistan. He's like, well, you know, they let the special forces boys do things a little differently. <laughs> I had a buddy that uh, was a private pilot and he was a contractor and I had a buddy that was over in Afghanistan in the army and um, he had ca- called me and me and him were talking and he, I was like, how you doing over there, John? And he's like, well, man, it's really tough. We're up at this remote base and I, I haven't had nothing in like six months. And I was like, I might know a fella. So I call my buddy Larry that lives up. He's actually one of our roadies. Yeah. Um, Larry was like, I can fly some stuff into him. I can get to that base. And he flew in. He, Larry, this, uh, he's an awesome guy. He just got all kinds of stuff for their entire um, company there, flew it there, um, and landed at their base. And 
they're best friends now. That's awesome. <laughs> yeah. So that Air America thing, right? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Back when Mel Gibson was still okay to watch. Yeah, that's right. Those days are over, I guess. But. Well, anyway, so Mike, let's get back to the whiskey here for a minute. Um, so you said it was a hundred and what proof? Hundred. This this bottle is one hundred and seventeen. Okay, so a little hot for me, probably. Yeah. And hey, I brought a rye, Jim. This is a rye, sixty five percent corn, thirty percent rye, and five percent malted. So barley. it's a high rye bourbon. Yeah, I'd say that's a high rye bourbon. Yeah, it's got a little punch to it. What's the age? I want to say this is four years old. It's 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 dark. I can tell you that it's got some color to it. I think the ages went up in the last couple of years on these. It doesn't say on a bottle. But I know their site says over two years. Doesn't say straight on it, does it? No, it's just barrel strength. Okay. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. I, I mean, I'm kind of with labels. I kind of wonder anymore. I know. I know you should be able to say if it says straight and it's not age dated, it's, it's four, four years old. Yeah, but that's not always true anymore. You know, there's a, there's a. It's kind of wild, wild west out there a little bit. I say there's the rules. Is minimum of <laughs> minimum of two years. So yeah. you know, it could have some three year juice in there, four year juice. I say cheers though. Cheers though. Cheers. Well, you know, the nose on it is it's it's soft, it's sweet, it's spicy. Um, but I'm surprised that it's as soft as it is for me. Now they only got three bottles of this at that shop, and I tried to get Jim to get a bottle and he wouldn't get a bottle, so well, I just bought a bottle of that Angel's Envy. That was that was I was dropped a few dollars for that. Yeah, yeah. I wish I had a bottle of the other Angel's Envy to let you guys have a sip of, but Zeke has that one, the Cast Strength Unicorn Rye. Okay, yeah. One day, yeah, I'll, I'll hook you guys up if I can steal it from Zeke. Well, Mike, I like this. Um, I, did I have this at your place already? I don't remember if I did or not. I don't think you did. Um, I'd only open this bottle. I don't know if you tried it or not. Because I had the two buddies over and they, they opened up like everything. This is one of the bottles they opened. They were like, I hey, want to try that too. I find it interesting that the nose and the palate, you know, I agree there are, there are similarities between the two, but the nose is very soft mm-hmm. compared to how the taste is. Right. But the heat is the rye heat, it's not a proof heat. For being 117 proof. It's, mm-hmm. you know, I get that spice. It stays in the mouth. It doesn't come down and give you that hug. So it kudos to them for making a whiskey that is 117 proof, but doesn't knock you on your butt. You know, I think, Mike, you could actually deal with this being 117 proof. It's, it's really, to me, it's a fruity bourbon. It's it's got that sweetness that I still like, and it's not overpowering. You know, it's that super pepper, um, wild turkey pepper. It's not no, that. You know? No, no, no. It it is like it is rye spice all the way. It tingles. Kind of call this a white that white pepper maybe for cooking. You know, just a little bit of that. Yeah, it's I, I, you know, palate. it does it does have a peppery a little bit of a peppery finish on it. Now you're right. I think that the hug isn't very prevalent. It's a little bit there, but not much. But the spice that sits in the back of your mouth on the sides of your tongue is. It's like Pop Rocks. Yeah, it's pretty It's pretty good. Now, these guys, the this thing is that gets me about them is their marketing, you know? They just didn't rush out there and pick any bottle. They come up with their own bottle design. They got a badass story, right? I mean, that's how much more kick-ass than that is? can you get? Hey, I, I rode into battle on a horse. Yeah. I mean, who can I didn't realize day? they did that anymore. But we, So we have soldiers who ride horses into battle. No, well, that no, that's not true. No. <laughs> These guys were special forces, and the only way they could cross the mountains 
uh, with the Afghanis was on horses and those Afghanis rode horses. Mm-hmm. So there's actually a movie out about this. I think it was released in 2013 or 14 um, called Horse Soldiers. Um, really good movie. Done yeah. done good. And um, I think it went up against uh, Lone Survivor and and those movies. And maybe not as did as well. But So we have soldiers who are trained to ride a horse, basically. No, no. no they they had to learn for that, of, that. I think some of them, they, they ask them who has ridden a horse before. And a couple guys rose their hand and. A couple of them had, a couple, couple hadn't, and they they just they just did it. You know, no, you I mean, what you have to do. Knowing the military, I, and I didn't serve. I wish I did. Uh, but knowing those guys, it wasn't probably who knows how to ride. It's you guys are getting on those horses. You oh, know, yeah. it yeah. was an order. It wasn't like if they didn't know how to do it before, they just They're kind of learn got real on. fast. Yeah, um, and that, that's that's how they portrayed it in the movie. And I think they, you know, they were. Not part of. I think a couple of them were in the movie and stuff. Yeah, but that's how they portrayed it. They just, hey, who could ride ride a horse? And a couple of them raised their hands. A couple couldn't get on a horse, anyways. Get across the mountain, get in contact with this general, and help the help him out. So, Mike, what's the cost of this bottle? I think this bottle at the shop I got it at was eighty nine dollars. I think seventy nine to eighty bucks. Okay, so you know the bottle has got. They put some money in that bottle, especially in that metal label that's on the front of it. It's probably not a cheap thing to produce, right? No, I. I like I said, I mean, even to make a mold, we've talked about that before. What a bottle costs to make, um, the design of it. I, I really like it. I mean, it's got a spear and a hatchet on the front of it. Um, the metal piece there is really nice. Um, just not a normal bottle you see, and it stands out to me. Well, that's still a lot of money for a bottle, though. Yeah. Yeah. It is. It is. But I, it's going to some good guys. What are, what are they doing with it? Is any of it going to charity, or is it just going... I mean, it's going to some good guys. What's well, going in their pockets? I'm pretty sure. <laughs> I would rather see somebody like them get it, you know, than some giant corporation. That's how I feel. Well, I'd rather see them get it, but get about twenty five dollars less a bottle. You know, yeah. I, I think that that's still enough that it would uh, give them some good money. <laughs> but I just don't think that's a ninety dollar bottle. I I love the story. I think. Probably as a distillery, though, you don't hear the story enough. Yeah. And this is something that I think is prevalent with a lot of brands is that they need y'all to get the word out, but they also need to make sure that like through social media, other stuff that horse soldier and the stuff behind it is really driven home. I mean, I know a brand that I thought it, it was marketed to a completely different sect of people. And then when I talk to them, it's like, oh, actually, you're marketing to me, but I didn't know it. And and that's kind of, I think, one of the things that, that is killing bourbon is they spend a lot of time to do all this stuff on the front, but they don't explain it. So people might walk by it and say, okay, horse soldier, I don't get it. Yeah, I'm going to go get this MGP thing that's off the shelf because I get that. Sure. We talked about that last night a little bit about how a, a brand can go wrong and stuff. And maybe these guys are doing right. This shop, uh, it's the bourbon seller there in Shelbyville, Kentucky, where I live. And Julie, she treats me. She she treats me great. Um, they have a connection with Horse Soldier Bourbon. And she's 10 to 15 percent over sometimes on some bottles, I think. But we talked about it for us to drive into Louisville to buy a bottle and drive back. That's 30 minutes there, 30 minutes back. And 
you know, so that's an hour of our time. And then you go into the shop and that's some more time. <laughs> so what's my hour and a half worth? You know, if I'm making $50 an hour, then Hey, right. I'll pay for it that. <laughs> well, and you know, those are our local shops. So we, we try to take care of the local guy a little bit, you know, so. Yeah. So it, it's going into their pocket. Then. Right. It's not going into horse soldier's <laughs> pocket. <laughs> but I, I think it's a bottle. I, I think it's a bottle that, you know, 60 to 70 bucks. It's probably more in line of, of where I could see that, but I, it doesn't take away from what they did for our country. So thanks guys. Absolutely. There's another straight bourbon, um, which has a more of a bronze uh, front on it. It's $45 a bottle. Um, see, that's more, that's more in line, right? And I think that's like 87 proof 87. So there's sub 90 on that. Huh? Yeah. They got uh, three different expressions and I, you know, I, I think that's a pretty good thing to have. So John, I, I kind of changed the focus uh, of our discussions here a little bit away from the verb and a little bit more on you and you and Zeke and the dads. Well, Can't, now I found it online. Sorry. Okay. I know you're trying to change it and I'm messing with you. <laughs> nah, it's all right. 65 bucks so, online. Oh, for this one. Yes. Okay. That's so it's right where you thought it should be. A hundred percent. I, I at 65 so you it for 65. Yeah. You're getting screwed. <laughs> no, I'm, I, I, I pay her all day long. She's she's uh, actually giving us a couple free bottles, and she's a good girl. I'm yeah. just messing with you. He's, he's defending her. <laughs> he's def- Julie, we're coming for you. Oh, man. <laughs> all right, so let me try that again here. So, John, uh, you know, the reason we have you here today is we want to learn a little bit more about you guys and what you're doing. And uh, so my first question to you is, why a podcast? So, um, funny enough, we actually started as a blog and I couldn't get Zeke to write. So I was the only one doing the writing. So then we moved to Instagram live video. Well, we started actually, my daughter was super colicky and I was sitting in a gliding chair, rocking her to bed every night and I needed something to do. So I really just was going on Instagram taking a picture of whiskey and messing around with it while I rocked her for an hour or two. And, um, and then I said, well, you know, we should start a blog. So Zeke and I were going to start a blog, but then he would never write. And then Instagram was just starting to do Instagram live. So we started doing Instagram live videos every Sunday night at nine. That was fun. And then for a while, people started saying that, you know, hey, I can't watch your video and do something else at the same time. If somebody is texting me, if I want to just be surfing the web, I can't do that and watch your video. So we knew we had to go to podcast eventually. The Instagram live allowed us to kind of figure out who we were and what we wanted to say and and figure out the voice behind our show. And then I also needed to buy a whole bunch of equipment, as you know. Right. And it wasn't something that is cheap. So I went out and did all that and then finally came back and said, okay, Zeke, we're ready to do a podcast because he wanted to just put a microphone in the middle of the table and have us both speak to it. As you know, Jim is a little (laughs) paranoid about his audio as I am having A microphone in the middle of the table was not going to do anybody any good. But to those podcasts out there that are starting that way, the answer is just get started, right? Just start doing it. No. Don't start doing it. No. No. Uh, I I love 
helping out other podcasts. Yeah. My biggest advice is figure out, I mean, if you want to try that way, if you want to do some test shows that way, Mm -hmm. but I listened to the first shows that we put out and I wait, I wish we didn't put them out. Oh, really? Okay. Because I, I hear them, I hear the way the audio was, and it kind of cringes me. You know, the an, a podcast is like an email. It's going to be permanent. Right. It's always going to be out there. So I would encourage podcasts to go do a podcast, but find another podcast and say, <laughs> hey, can I borrow your stuff Yeah. before I pay for, just because if somebody goes back and listens to your first show. So think about that first show. That's the way you're presenting yourself to the world. And they do go back. Yes. So I would encourage them that if they only have one microphone and it's in the middle of the table, wait. Wait. wait because that's one. how you're introducing yeah. yourself to everyone. And there's going to be plenty of people that are going to listen to that first show and have an opinion on you. Right. And And if your audio quality is bad, I would say that people don't get down to whether or not you are bad as a podcast or good. Yeah. Right. Not to be negative, but they're going to look at that audio quality first and foremost and say, I can't even listen to this show to understand what they're saying. One hand on the steering wheel, one hand on the volume knob, right? Yeah. Yeah. We, we talk about that all the time. I'll, I really didn't get in podcasts talking about Jim, and then I started listening to them and then I'll hear podcasts where they're either interviewing a, somebody, a guest, over the phone and it i'm sitting there having to play with that knob the whole time and i'm like <laughs> he does you know that what? a lot i just i just yeah i do play with my knob all the time <laughs> uh, i just tune it out and i'm like well i'm not gonna listen to any more of their shows and you know i'll unsubscribe for this in a heartbeat just because i don't have time for that I, there's hundreds of other podcasts out there to listen to where guys are doing it right i mean i could listen to joe rogan i mean he yeah he's clear as a bell Dak Shepard, Joe Rogan, yeah. uh, any of the other stuff that Mike Rowe. Mike Rowe has great podcasts. Yeah, I love. Uh, I w- I got really deep into Dolly Parton's America. Oh, uh, did you? I got yeah. really deep into it, and it was really philosophical and kind of socioeconomical. And it was very topic. You know, I I didn't agree with all of the takes that they had on Dolly, but I. Th- Found it very, very interesting. I, I'm always looking for new podcasts. I think we watch on-demand TV. Podcasts are on-demand radio. And as a guy who used to do radio, very much is into radio, I think it it is very convenient, and I love the portability of it. And you never hear a, you never hear a radio show where the audio is bad. No. Yeah. Except on AM. Yeah. I tell you what, the, the hardest thing about what we do and what you do is not recording from the home studio, but going out on the road. Yep. Because the environment changes so much. And we talked a little bit about this before the show. I'm kind of crazy about it. I think it has to be perfectly silent. You're telling me not so much, you know, take that environment and use it to your benefit. Yeah. You want I'm so glad you to said know that. that you're, <laughs> I mean, maybe it's because we're old dads now and, and we want people to still think that we're cool. So I like having that ambience so that they know that we are in the middle of something. I I think that having clean audio, like you're in a studio. So I take even Dak Shepard, an armchair expert. Yeah. He's in the studio when he's in the studio, he's super clean. When he's on the road, you hear the crowd 
he has done stuff at TPAC and you hear the crowd, you hear what's going on. It's part of the experience to actually being out and on the road. Well, Mike, I have to admit that takes a little pressure off me there. Thank, thank you, Jesus. <laughs> thank you, Jesus. I, you know, it does it does make Jim nervous. I think when we have that and people are talking around us, and um, I don't I don't even get nervous. I you know I kind of lost it last night. We had a rowdy group of girls, and I just kind of I just kind of blended that in. I was like, oh, they're about to get out of control behind us, um, and, and that's fun. And yeah. people are kind of like, oh, wow, look at what's going on. I think if you always want clean audio, so it's funny. It's like I'm going back and forth, but it's it's really the same premise. The audio should always be good. Your mics can be good. You can have stuff going on around you. Now, I will say that your type of microphone yeah. will change what you pick up and don't pick up. So if there are microphones that are and i'm not going to dork out and have everybody talk about different types of microphone and and you know where the the pattern will actually pick up sound but if there are studio mics that are very much designated for a studio and you go use those live you're going to get everything sure. and your audio is going to be awful right been there yeah but then if you get the mics that you have and Audio Technica makes some great ones. Uh, you get these mics, and then you go out and you're live, and it's only going omnidirectional. Right, you're good. But I'm I'm really losing listeners for where you're no, no, it's that. fine. It's fine. No, we just we just uh, probably gained a peak of interest from those who are thought about maybe starting a podcast. So they're probably listening and going, "Oh, I'm writing this down." So, well, I am more than happy. Uh, it's something that I do and. And I didn't do it. I was telling Mike about this when we were talking on the phone. I always try to make myself available to other podcasts because I feel like, you know, rising tides raise all ships. Absolutely. At the same time, you know, it's the way that the bourbon community is. When Heaven Hill had a fire, everybody was there to help Heaven Hill. It was never a, I hate when people say there are competing podcasts. Yeah, I mean, not. we're not dividing market share here. No. By any means, you know, somebody's going to find, uh, you know, for example, somebody's going to find the Bourbon Road. They're going to listen to us and they're going to listen to all of our episodes and then they're going to be out of episodes and there's going to be a whole nother week till another one comes out and they're going to go search and they're going to find the dads. Yeah. They're going to find Bourbon Lands and they're going to find, you know, Bourbon Pursuit and whoever else out there. This is my Bourbon Podcast right, or exactly. Bourbon and Blondes or, you know, Blue Collar Bourbon. There's four podcasts here in nashville between right. the podcast blue collar bourbon dad's drinking bourbon you know like there are there's so many different podcasts out there but we can all help each other sure. out I and i i don't feel i hate when people say that like oh this is a competing podcast it's you know find the one that you like find multiples that you like go sit and listen to them none of us are gonna make enough money to quit our day job doing a bourbon podcast. Right. So we might, re we might retire from our day job and <laughs> just keep doing podcasts. <laughs> or at that age. I'm jealous. <laughs> well, you know, you get to a certain age and you can say, you know, I'm done working. Yeah. But I do think we have to talk about this for a minute. Uh, Jim has the best voice in the bourbon podcast game. And welcome to the bourbon road. <laughs> <laughs> now, Smooth I don't jazz. know if it's something that is going to... Um, you, you know, I think my thing coming from sports radio 
is I always smile when I'm talking because I know that I can talk like this and nobody's really going to get amped for that. I mean, you want, if there's a noticeable difference that if I talk like that and then I talk like this, so you'll find that I've been trained to talk that way. You kind of have that like, yep, it's three o'clock in the morning. I got my Cavassier cognac and I'm ready to answer all your romantic queries. Oh my goodness. <laughs> you know, there's more this Birkenstocks on, you know, you know, the funny thing is, as we joke about this sometime, uh, you know, Mike joined the show after about 18 or 20 episodes. I don't remember how many it was. Yeah. But, and after he came on, we noticed a, a significant jump in our female viewership in our female demographic. They love the big chief. And that's it. He said, they love that deep voice. <laughs> I don't even think, it, but Mike also has, when you talk to Mike and I know I'm pulling the curtain back, but your listeners are going to like this. Mike's personality is crazier. You're, you're, sub, you're too subdued. I listen to you guys. You're too subdued. You got to let the big chief eat. Yeah, well, I'll tell you what. <laughs> I'm telling you, you got to take the leash off, and and you guys are going to kick it up to a whole new level if the big chief just is the big chief. Yeah, the problem with that is, is that a lot of people can't hang with a big chief. <laughs> <laughs> but it's funny because it's like, you know, you, you talk to you on the phone, and you go away from here, and you're very... Inter- feel like you're yeah, very reserved, inter- you know? Well, not inter- reserved, but, you know, I'm just a dirty old sailor that sometimes uh, I, I, you, gotta, you, you have to kind of morph to your atmosphere. You know, you have to, whoever you're with, you have to be like them somewhat, reserved a little bit. If I took you down, I brought a buddy down here to Nashville back a couple months ago. It was about this time last year we brought him down here. And my wife said... Don't drink what Mike drinks. <laughs> Do not. And his wife said, don't drink what Mike drinks because you will not last with him. And they're like, he's like, I can, I can drink with him all day long. I can drink with him all day long. And I, I said, Hey, I'm fine with that. You drink what you want to drink. How, how quickly did you carry him home? Um, we rode home in a Tesla, Uber Tesla, and he was like, I think I'm gonna throw up. I was like, please don't throw up in this Tesla. This is on my Uber account. So please don't. Oh God. And then we got back to the hotel and we're staying in a, right down in the Vandy area. So not a long ride, not a long ride, but he tastes and starts picking up these big giant bowls and stuff in the hotel lobby and is about to smash them and stuff. I was like, Oh man, I've never seen him like this. And he did try to drink with me most of the night. And he's like, I can, I can hang with you. And I was like, mm, you know, I'm six, three, 300 pounds. I mean, I, you know how that feels. Big I'm man, six, three, 300 pounds hey, too. Put it away all day long. I'm good to go. Um, but I do have a different level. Don't I, Jim? You do. So, you know, whenever we go out and, and somehow or another, John, you've turned this into being about the bourbon road rather than. <laughs> I, well, I like this, you know, I mean, it, it's okay. We, I, I deflect talking about me because I yeah. think for us, it's, you know, for us, it's more of a thing. We enjoy what we do. We love what we do, but it's kind of, uh, it's, n- it's just a bourbon podcast. Right. I see. I don't see that from you guys. I, I see that, you know, you're two good friends, right? You and Zeke are great Not friends. Really. Not really. <laughs> no, I mean, we are, we are, I think part of, I think one of the things that makes us a little bit different is we give each other more hell than I think other podcasts do. And and I know we don't get political. Neither one of the shows 
Um, neither one of our shows really likes to get political, but when you talk about locker room talk, yeah, I think locker room talk to me is just crapping on each other. You know, it's it's like everybody giving each other hell. That's what I'm used to playing football. That's especially what Zeke is used to. So I'd say that's 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 what I'm used to. I'm I you know, we had Lee Kennedy on from uh Leaper's Fork. We did oh, episodes of those. And I I didn't know if to say it. I had all this stuff in my mind to say. And I kind of let loose. When you listen to that episode, you're going to be like, man, Mike let loose a little bit on that. Because best looking guy in bourbon right like, there. They were telling me, April said, you know, he was in khakis, clean cut, no beard and everything. And then he's, I was like, man, you embrace Billy Ray Cyrus, man. You you are the living image of him right now. And oh, no. It, when the look he had on the his ponytail, <laughs> when he had the ponytail, him and his wife were the two best looking people in bourbon. I got to tell you. And then they have a... I, Matt down there that works for him, they said he was super clean kit. And I was like, man, you look like Forrest Gump after that run. (laughs) (laughs) And they were like, man, he's going to get one of those T-shirts now. I guarantee he's going to get one of those T-shirts. April's awesome, too. Yeah. I I love Weller bourbon. Everybody knows that. Um, And for her to be a Weller is, to me, was an honor. And to see they had an old Weller sign down there, just great people. But cutting up on people like that, like you and Zeke do, I think that that tells people you're real people. I don't, you know, me and Jim talk about this, other podcasts. I don't necessarily want to tune into two guys that sound like they're sitting in their dorm room drinking bourbon. Or their mom's basement. Their mom's basement in an underwear. <laughs> yeah, I don't want to d- listen to that. I want to listen to people, like-minded people like me that just are – like I, I t- say it all the time, I am not a bourbon expert. I'm a bourbon drinker. Drinker, as you can tell, me and Jim brought like 20 bottles to Tennessee with us. I believe, I believe without a doubt, we have more bourbon in this hotel room than they have at the bar downstairs. Yeah, and the name of the bar downstairs is Bourbon, <laughs> and and it's Bourbon. It, yeah. It's not Bourbon. It's Bourbon, like a, a hamburger bun. Um, it's funny though when Zeke and I started so. Or going back to what we said before, when you talk about the Instagram live show and and finding out our voice and what we wanted to be, we wanted to be honest. Mm -hmm. So we said, it's not so much about money for us. Um, Are there great partnerships that we have been able to have through whiskey? Absolutely. hundred percent. But it's not necessarily about making a whole bunch of money. We want to survive and pay for our hobby. But we know that as dads, especially with young kids, your whole life is changing and your income is changing. You know, the way that you, you spend your income, you're not going out and buying whatever bottle you want. Um, you're, you're thinking about a whole family and then you're thinking about college and you're thinking about all these other expenses. So 50 bucks may mean more to you than it did before you had the kid. So we know that people go to a liquor store. They're going to see all these bottles on the wall. They don't know how to read a label. They don't know how. That's what it ultimately started with, was how are we going to be absolutely honest about the whiskey that we drank? And plenty of people, as you know, having a podcast now will send you stuff. We flat out say we are going to be honest. Right. You sending us something means nothing. Thank you for sending it to us. But if you're sending it to us thinking that we are going to go a certain way because you sent it to us, 
we'd rather just go out and buy it. And I think your I think your listener base knows that. I think yeah. the people who you know routinely follow you and listen to your episodes know that they can trust you're not being persuaded by a distillery or a sales rep or somebody like that. They know what you're saying about that whiskey is your true thoughts on it. So, and if you're sitting in the room with someone and say, you know, Hey, I see some good notes here, but it's young. That's being honest, but you could say that you don't love the whiskey in a nice way. Sure. You're never going to sit there and be like, Hey, you know, thank you very much for making this whiskey. It's a drain pour. And, I think that there are ways you still have to be cognizant of the fact that somebody made that somebody is very proud of the fact that they made that. So it's understanding what are the positives. It's Mm -hmm. like when you bring someone in and you know, I'm a manager, you you have somebody coming in that reports to you. You don't want to sit there and be like, Oh, you're awful. I'm going to start off with what are the positive things about you? Right. And then we're going to talk about some of the negative sure. things about you. Where is the room for improvement? And I think one of the things that we always do is we don't want the discussion to be quick. I think too many times when somebody's like, hey, I like this. I don't like this. And some people really get off on shorter reviews and whiskey. Sure. I think it deserves a discussion. It deserves that time and that effort. And, and you're saying... Of- what are they thinking about here? Maybe what were they doing when they, when they made this mash bill or aged it this and you're talking about hypothetical, well, what if they did this or what if they did that? And and it's also showing to them, if you do send us something, we're going to be thoughtful about it. Mm-hmm. We're not going to just dismiss it and say, this isn't good. Move on. It's right. But you, you and your buddies, you know, when you guys are sitting here, you talk whiskey. And you're, it's not a one second conversation. It, it's always longer. And that's what we try to bring too. is like, we want people to feel that guest or no guest, they're sitting at the table with us having a pour. And I think they do. Just two, just two guys. How'd you, and how'd you and Zeke meet? Kickball. Bullshit. No, 100% <laughs> kickball. I tell you what, guys, why don't we do this? Why don't we take a short break here? Did I talk about me enough? No, no. no. Well, I'm going to no. get in. I'm going to no, dig, no, dig no. into you a little bit here. I still <laughs> wanted to talk about you guys because I feel like I'm sitting on the couch, but I kind of feel like, can we not? How long have we been recording? Well, we've been going 36, 38 minutes now. So, no, okay. We don't have to take a break because I feel like we are just sitting on the couch. Well, let's get another pour because I'm already empty over here. What, what, I what brought did you bring something for, us? for you guys. I thought I, this is how we yeah, do the bourbon. Well, I mean, I, I'll tell you what. This is this is so much fun. I we normally what we do is we just take a break. Well, let's not even take a break. Just jump up, Jim, and pour me and John up. All this right. is real. <laughs> this is this is the Bourbon Road's new format where we just fly by the seat of our pants. Let's do it. There's nothing wrong. I'm with totally that. messing with Jim, and I feel bad. <laughs> That's all right. So no. So what did you bring for us? So I brought three things. Yep. I brought I brought Bell Mead's Black Bell. Which I've been looking forward to trying that. For Go long. ahead and put that in your glass. I brought a Jack Daniels barrel proof. I actually want Mike to have a sip of that at some point today because for someone who doesn't like high proof, I'm interested in what. Man, you did. You have listened to our podcast a little yeah. bit. <laughs> and then I also brought a pin hook rye. So the the Jack Daniels barrel proof was one that Zeke and I picked along with Flight Club. It was. We split the the pick. 
And then uh, the pin hook, I was on that pick as well with Zeke. We did it with a whole bunch of people. It's called Breaking Bread. Thank Tommy and Gwen Mitchell from Logheads Home Center for supporting this episode of The Bourbon Road. Logheads Home Center, nestled in the hills of Kentucky, is an industry leader in building handcrafted rustic furniture. Family-owned and operated, they take pride in offering only the very best for their customers. The Logheads, and that's what they like to call themselves, are skilled woodcrafters who are passionate about creating rustic furniture for people who appreciate the beauty of natural wood. Owners Tommy and Gwen don't just sell the rustic lifestyle, they live it. And you can be sure that Logheads Furniture will always be handcrafted in Kentucky by artisans who embrace the simple way of life. Logheads Rustic Furniture is made from northern white cedar, a sustainable wood that's naturally rot and termite resistant. Its beauty and quality will add warmth to your earthy lifestyle for generations to come. Be sure to check out everything they have to offer at logheadshomecenter.com. And while you're at it, Give Tommy and Gwen a shout on Facebook or Instagram at Logheads Home Center. So John, tell, tell our listeners, when did you first drink a glass of bourbon? I mean, truthfully, I think it was seventh grade. Not not truthfully, I'll say freshman in college, Um, but it was, uh, I was actually playing football in college and I got hurt and my best friend was born in Louisville and he had moved uh, up where I was from. And then I went down to visit him at UK for college and I had a pin in my thumb and a big old cast on and I drank a whole bunch of bourbon, walked up the floor of Rupp Arena. And I go, what the hell am I doing in New England? I'm transferring to Kentucky. And subsequently, they actually, I got a note in my mailbox that said, your scholarship will not be renewed. Um, So when that happened, I said, all right, well, I'm going to go to Kentucky. And I'm going to, there's only so many times in your life that you can get up and move a thousand miles away and see a different part of the country. Lucky enough for me. Were the um, women better looking there in Rupp Arena or something? <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I think there are, you know, between the women, the horse racing, the basketball. And no snow. And the bourbon. The bourbon. <laughs> and, you know, the no snow was great. But I get told all the time, that, you know, people are always like, son, you know, you're a northern good old boy. You know, you, you, I just belong here. It's you feel that right being in the south i i really do i fit in here well i like to wear boots i drive a truck there's another well you're a big guy like me you yeah. a truck truck is comfortable i'm never going day. back i'm never going back from having <laughs> the, a truck the food so you're from the boston area the food there though downtown oh. boston on hanover street well so here's my little trick for you by the way i know, I, now gonna, I know a little bit about boston all right so i'm going to tell you my <laughs> trick Ricardo's Restaurante. So it's across the street from Paul Revere's house. So if you're on Hanover Street, it's not on Hanover Street. It's kind of down to the right. Inside there, there's right next to Paul Revere's house is a house called the Mariner's House. Yeah. 
and me and my wife and our family, uh, Mariners can go and stay there and Coast Guard and Navy, uh, aren't some army sailors. If you are a merchant Marine, you can go stay in that house right next door to Paul Revere's house. It's like a bed and breakfast It's the most awesome thing ever for like 50 bucks. I'm telling you, Ricardo's though. There's no line. There's no wait. I've been there. Drink it's, wine in there. Isn't I've, it great? <laughs> yeah. Oh, that's yeah. my that's my local tip. And I remember I took my wife uh, to Boston. We went to a Red Sox game. She left very expensive sunglasses at the Caskin Flagon. Um, but we went to a Red Sox game, and I took her to Ricardo's after, and she was in the bathroom. By the time she sat back down, I had caprese prosciutto and wine waiting for her and she wasn't in, she wasn't in there very long yeah. but that's how good they are ricardo's I, most any places in that north end area is just a beautiful thing so we'll get back to the bourbon so you go to kentucky oh yeah and you start feeling that love for bourbon heck yeah yeah how can you not i i think it's learning the most daunting thing and i think anybody that goes to kentucky you know what pass me along some of that uh black bell i'll drink it with you <laughs> Now, I got to say this Black Bell is quite exquisite. Is that the word I want to use? It's uh, exquisite. Yeah, this is a that sounds like some big a, chiefs would say. It's a, it's a damn gentleman's whiskey right here. Well, and, and it's funny talking about gentleman's whiskey. I think that's half the problem with people figuring out how to drink bourbon is figuring out how to drink it neat. And that is always a very daunting task. I know. You know, just from when I started drinking bourbon and I told my parents, you know, that I was drinking bourbon. My dad drinks scotch, but you're like, oh, yeah, I'm going to have a bourbon neat. And at first it was always like, oh, well, that's a that's a big man's drink. You know, like that, <laughs> that's a it damn sure is <laughs> when you're in college. If you think about all the people at, at colleges in Kentucky, you should be drinking Natty and Keystone Light and doing all that kind of stuff. And there are people in, in Kentucky that are. You know, drinking makers neat. They're they're not affording all of the the higher end stuff, but they might be drinking Jim Beam neat. They might be drinking makers neat, or they might be putting in a a splash of water. I remember a lot of times in college, you know, you're like, "Hey, it's a good day. I'm I'm springing for a Woodford." Oh yeah. You know, when you're poor and you're in college, <laughs> and meanwhile, on the shelf at the Kroger was like. Elmer T. Lee, E.H. Taylor, Tornado, all this crazy stuff. Like you and Pappy anywhere you wanted it. And you're like, why didn't I buy that when it was cheap in college? Oh, yeah, because I was poor. I don't know. I, I didn't go to college like that. I went to the University of the Military. And um, <laughs> thank you for your service. Thanks. Uh, you know, it was military special. It was. Uh, Gosh dang, I'm fixing to say some nasty whiskeys. <laughs> Just oh, some bottom shelf stuff that, you know, only 10 high. Uh, we we drank a lot. Of, I had a friend from, from North Carolina, and that's all he drank. He's like, you need to try this. It's good. Beam 8 star. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. Just stuff that we could afford. Just like a college kid, I guess. And Kentucky Tavern was a great one. I just found that for whiskey... I get more out of my money than out of beer and then beer for a big guy. I feel like I'm bloated or something. I, you know, you just, your pants don't fit right. You're like, God dang, I don't feel good. And you get some whiskey and you sit back and relax, drink it, get on top of that wave. I always talk about, right? Ride that wave. You, you know, that's my <laughs> drinking style is I get up on top of a crest of a wave and I stay there. I'm, I'm the perfect drinking surfer. 
I'll tell you that. <laughs> um, any day, all day, I could do it. You guys need to get shirts. I mean, I got a great marketing plan for you right now, which is like hang 10 with the big chief on a... Uh, well, you you know you know when Big Chief's on the wave. So we were we were actually down uh, downtown last night on Broadway. Yeah, where where did we end up on top of Blake Shelton's Blake place. Shelton's place? And you know, whenever you go to a bar, Mike's finally got up on that wave and he's surfing it. You know, and he's he's right at that optimum height on the wave. <laughs> we go into a bar and within five minutes. He's got forty people around him and he's in the center talking and they're all cutting up and laughing and we're all sitting over here just enjoying our drinks and Mike's the center of the show. Yeah, Viv was Viv, my wife was getting I think she was getting a little mad last night because I I had had a couple and I was feeling pretty good. And I was throwing back beer last night when we when we went out. I could run up a quick bar tab. This this is all so funny to me because I know I'm sitting on the couch, but I kind of wanted to, I kind of want to make it about you guys for a second. <laughs> oh, this Jesus. is this is your show, but you know, so Jim, I'm a little bit more like you, yeah. And I think every show kind of gravitates to one person is more of the host, and one person is more of the analyst. The way that I describe dad drinking bourbon to people is, I did sports radio. I'm the play by play guy. Zeke is the analyst and and my job with the show is to make him look better than me. That's essentially what it is. If people like Zeke and hate me, I'm doing my job. People all the time hate Joe Buck. They hate Jim Nance. <laughs> they hate all those people. And so I, what's what's Tony Romo? Tony Romo is an analyst. You think so? So you would be the Tony Romo. Yeah, Tony Romo to me is going to be the best in TV ever. Oh, I, I think he is extremely good. I also think I'm going to blow your mind here a little bit. I think, is he so good because it's like soccer, right? Yeah. American soccer would win every single gold medal. Oh, I say that all the time. If the top athletes would go play soccer. Well, Tony Romo is just the best shitty quarterback to oh, not win a man. championship. Peyton Manning is never going to go be an analyst. Tom Brady is never going to go be an analyst. Drew Brees, when he retires, is not going to be an analyst. Aaron Rodgers is not going to be an analyst. I could see Aaron Rodgers being an analyst because he's... Heck no. You don't think so? No. He's, he's got so many dang commercials out there. <laughs> he He's just a quiet person. I mean, there's a difference between being commercially marketable and then there's a difference between actually, you know, sitting behind the booth and the amount of time that goes into being an analyst. And that was ever proven with Jason Witten when he tried. Yeah. And he just, it bombed. And that killed me because Jason Witten's such a great guy. Not to talk too much about football, but Tony Romo, the, his He's play great. by play is just amazing. He's, he's saying stuff that I'm thinking and I'm like, wow, this guy knows it. He understands it. He could be, to me, he probably could win a Super Bowl as a coach. He's great. And and think about that, right? Like, think about who was coaching. You know, you have Mike Vrabel, who was a great linebacker, now coach of the Titans. You have Wes Welker, that was a great uh, wide receiver, who was a coach on the, the San Francisco 49ers. Yeah. So you have these people, the, the good people with those minds are not going into the booth. <laughs> so Tony Romo's the only dumbass that wanted to and and he's not a dumbass. That's a that's a bad way of putting it. Well, he's about to get a big paycheck. He is going to get a big pay, yeah. paycheck, but good for him. 
you know, I also think he's going to go down as the best, but there's always going to be a what if. You know, so if he wins it, that oh, I think did, there's always a what if. If he wouldn't have got hurt, is the biggest what if. If he had never gotten hurt, how good of he would he have really been? I don't know. I think he'd have been great. So I'm a Cowboys think, fan, though. So, so you think that chemistry, that chemistry on a podcast, actually works? That having that that duality between the two. I mean, we see it with you guys. I think that's absolutely it's it's absolutely right here. Will in the grease, right? Will in the grease. Very same, a very similar situation. Although, I think Mike and Mike on uh, ESPN had that. Although Will in the grease, you know anybody, it's tough with them because grease is actually very, very, very intelligent. Yes, and that's the tough thing. I I love those guys. They're two of my very good friends. I think it's always. When you know how smart somebody is, I, I love I love Matt. Matt is, you know, he's got a successful business on his own. Does wedding videos. He's a super smart guy. Um, I love them both dearly. The uh, the. I derailed you. No, I'm, I'm saying for you guys, though, I what I was going to say is I think that, you know, Jim, we have similar personalities in the sense that we want things the way that we want them. We want to control. I think that play-by-play guy wants to control the situation, recording, and... Um, Oh, I push Jim on those limits every day. Well, I mean, we, there's a word for it. It's called narcissism, right? So. What, for us? <laughs> yeah. I don't think it's necessarily narcissistic. I think for me, it comes out of a utilitarian desire to, I, I want to control because I know I'm going to be putting in the work after to get the finished product. It's not because you're best at it. It's because you have to put the work in. Yeah. And Zeke just doesn't know how to do it. Yeah. I I think that there's things that I do that are very, very good. And I've been trained to do that through radio and trained to do that in a quick amount of time. But I'm sure there's plenty of people that are better than me, but I find it funny because you know, you are the wild card, Mike. That's what I'm well, saying. I don't know about all that. <laughs> That's your role, your job. I don't want to kind of poke the bear and antagonize your show, but your job is to poke him. And I think we do. We try to do that. You know, we try to make sure. Oh, that, you're too nice. <laughs> well, no. You are too subdued. Just let the big chief out. Oh, I'm in trouble now. <laughs> I'm telling you, because like. Jim I would tell you that in private, you know, I do let it out sometimes and I'll be like, hey, just relax uh we'll drink some bourbon and everything will be fine uh, you know it it's gonna come it, everything's gonna come we we did recordings he's like man it's loud here and i'm like just w- w- we got this we Zeke pisses got me this. off on a daily basis i'm not gonna lie <laughs> um, yeah but you're a lot bigger than him so you probably just snatch him up and say come here little fella oh uh, he no he he's six four six five he looks like, like a little fella oh no he's a big guy he's just a beanie feller he's tall and beanie uh he played ball he used to be a little bit huskier if he would have showed up today i'd have known these things i know i probably would have been shocked and you're still thinking that i'm like making him up like bo jackson i still think he's a like five foot five you know 115 pounds no just with a deep accent he runs 
and and that's how he stays skinny. But I'm telling you, you gotta you gotta let the big chief out. So why are you holding the big chief back? I don't I don't think I want to hold the big chief back. I, I think it, it it just it's me. I'm I'm just I try to be reserved and stuff. And sometimes I think I because of my real job, um, I have to be reserved a little bit because there are people listening, and that. I think in the back of my mind, it could affect my, my position. Have you said what your real job is or? Oh yeah. They, and they listen, they, them guys at work, they, they've used it to their advantage, <laughs> which, Hey, good to them. You know, they were like, you, you have connections in the bourbon world and we have somebody coming in. Could you help us out? And I'm like, yeah, of course I can. I'll, I'll do anything I can do for the, I love, I love the U S coast guard. I, they're a family. They've, that's why I'm at where I'm at today is because of the U S coast guard. And, uh, you know, but I don't need it. I can't say political stuff, religion stuff. Um, I'm not sexist or anything, so I'm not going to go that route. You know, it just I believe in what I believe in. And um, I probably dropped the F-bomb about 100 times last night, you know, maybe two or 300 times. I don't know. Well, <laughs> and, and that was a question I had is like, where is the coast in Tennessee or in Kentucky? Well, there's a coast right down here in Tennessee. There's Cumberland River. Where, where do you think all that corn for, for whiskey comes from? Well, is that technically <laughs> the the coast? It's a navigational waterway, U.S. navigational waterway, and sometimes is historically navigable. navigable. Um, so you have the Ohio River. Um, it's like 883, 993 miles long. Then you got the Cumberland River, the Tennessee River, and their tributaries, and then you got the Mississippi River. Do you ever feel like you got the shaft because you didn't get the ocean? I've been stationed. I was up stationed up in Maine and um, I was in the army for 10 years and I've circumnavigated the world three times. Um, I've, I've been all over the world. I, I had that. But I, when I was a little kid, uh, my grandfather lived in Arkansas and he used to take us over to the Mississippi River. And I remember being a little bitty kid, a vivid memory of this. And he'd show us those tugboats. And I was like, one day I'm going to work on that river. And he's like, boy, you'll never work on that river. And well, I think in my mind, I was like, well, I can do that. So it ended up just being on the rivers. They was like, you want to go to Cincinnati, Ohio? Um, and I was like, yeah, let's, let's do it. I'll, I'll go anywhere. So I went to Cincinnati, worked on the Ohio, and then I went over to St. Louis and worked on the Mississippi. And I got to go all over the United States, Midwest of the United States, the flyover states as the East and West Coast would call us. And I got to visit towns like Nashville, Tennessee. And experience culture and the good people. Go over to St. Louis and the beer community there. When I was in Cincinnati, we'd come down to Louisville all the time. And just the culture here, people are good-hearted. I've never been here to Nashville, maybe yesterday, um, but it, I didn't get treated bad. My wife, she had a little run-in with a bartender. <laughs> um, oh, I, I think defending my, my city now, I think part of that comes from it's so touristy and it's not a situation where somebody wants to come out and say you are bad. Like it's not anybody. The bartender doesn't have anything again. They're just so conditioned that there are people that are flying in and come in so quick and then leave, but they're so rude. It's not native Nashvillians that are rude. It's native yeah, I, Nashvillians I, stay I, away from I would Broadway. Doubt, I would doubt that and we weren't even on Broadway. Um, and I'm not going to say where we were. He just, he didn't have a smile on his face and he wasn't being polite or nice uh, to our wives. And my wife, that will strike a nerve with her because she is a, she's a Southern woman. 
She expects she's paying for service. She wants service. She wants a smile on your face. Yeah. And she's a nurse. Um, so she's doing, you know, customer service all the time. And she's like, if I can put a fake my smile on my face when I'm cleaning up shit, then you as a bartender. You know, we're old school, I guess. Oh yeah. You know, I was a I was a server. I, I was a server at Logan's Roadhouse in Hamburg Place in Lexington, Kentucky for four and a half years. And I served and bartended and did a whole bunch of stuff Probably there. Probably got more tips with a smile. Yeah, but I also got no tips because I worked at Logan's Roadhouse. But <laughs> the um the other thing is that I would get in trouble all the time. You know, you want to talk about northerner versus southerner, I would go down. And I hate the word Yankee because I'm a Red Sox. I'm not a Yankee. <laughs> yeah. Screw the Yankees. But, um, you know, I would say you guys can come this way. You guys. And they'd be like, uh, y'all, son. Y'all. They'd be like, son, uh, we're women. And I'm like, yes, I know that. You guys can come this way. So then I think I have developed this kind of hybrid accent because I say y'all way too much now. And I even found it. I just was home. My mom was sick and I was home up in Boston. And I was at a restaurant and I was like, y'all, like I said, y'all something. And they're like, uh, excuse me, what? And I'm like, yeah, I grew up right down the street. They're like, bullshit, you did. <laughs> but it's, um, I, it's definitely one of those things where I said the South just fits me more. It is the politeness. It is the hospitality. It's just the way of talking. You know, I was late coming up here because I was talking to the people in the lobby for 10 minutes, you know, behind the counter as I got in a conversation with them. And that's just one of the things that, um, I think for me, I fit in. That's what happens to me. Most of the time. Yeah. I'm always late because Where's I'm Mike? talking, I'm yeah. talking to somebody. I, I'm just, I want to talk to people. I want to know what they're thinking. And I'm that one bartender, trust me, didn't put a blind on Nashville for me. I love Nashville. I love the people down here. You guys got some Great whiskey going on now. What do you think of this black belt? That's I, I've derailed. <laughs> yeah, I wanted to get into the psychology behind I'm, the bourbon. Road. I'm almost gone. You know, this is the first time I've been a guest on my own show. But that <laughs> I wanted to get into the psychology of the bourbon show, but Jim didn't really want to go there. He no, was staying away from it. No, you had a vision and you went with it, and I, I think it turned out pretty good. Actually, <laughs> I'm gonna hand the reins back over. <laughs> he became the host of the Bourbon Road today. No, that's all right. The black belt. So this is, can you tell me a little bit about the black bell? So, so I don't really know anything about it. So the funny thing is there's actually a brewery that's right down the street from Nelson's Greenbrier called uh, Blackstone. And they come out with this stout every year called the black bell. And basically how that works is they age black bell in an old bell mead bourbon barrel. And so it's kind of like their version of the Bourbon County Stout. What then Nelson's does is they age Bellmead bourbon in one of those barrels after it's done, and that becomes Black Bell. So there were two barrels out of this last year's version that came out. So this one is 4169. It is 48.25% ABV. So it is uh, 116 Point five, when all is said and done, I just can't do. I can't do. Math. You can't do proof math right no, now. I can't do proof math right now. <laughs> I can see he's the same as us. We it's sometimes you don't do notes. <laughs> I know. I always do notes beforehand. I have a notebook. <laughs> yeah, and that's my problem. Is I always kind of like research. 
and do the notebook for so, so this is a special release from Bell Mead. Well, no, so it's 48.25% ABV. It is 96.5 proof. So this is bottle number 152 out of cask 4169. But, you know, it's just going to be regular Bell Mead bourbon. So right. it's going to be four to six years. And it's going to then be put in the, the Black Bell um, barrel. And it's just the finish on it to me is crazy. Yeah. So this is a special release and it is something that um, is largely available in the greater Nashville area. Not largely available. So it's only distillery. Only distillery. So it's going to be a distillery only release. It's going to be at Nelson's Greenbrier. There are two barrels. It's one of the craftsman casks. So Nelson's puts out four times a year. They have the honey and the black bell. And then there's a more Verdra. There's other things. There's a uh, Tanette that have come out. There's been, they play a little bit more with the other two, but honey and black bell are always the mainstays. So those are the ones where the line goes down the block, right? Yep. Okay. And honey is going to be coming out March 7th. Yeah. He, they told us that yesterday. They're also the other ones where, I find it funny, and this is just a side note. You guys don't really talk about secondary on your show, uh, but when you talk about the secondary market and and MGP, I find it funny that there's all these other distilleries that have blown up in a secondary valuation, but the only things that blow up for Bellmead are going to be the Black Bell and the Honey when they're regular single barrels are the same things that these other distilleries that are going for over a thousand dollars. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, it's just, I don't know. I get bell mead while you can is what I'm trying to say is that you, know, you guys could stock up. <laughs> I told him yesterday we shouldn't leave without a bottle of that. And, um, I got, I got mad because they wanted to charge me $65 for that wooden crate. That made me mad. I left. <laughs> oh, that, that, uh, the um, Greenbrier one? Yeah. I was like, it's awesome, I'm, isn't I, it? I'm going to put that in my house. And then I was like, not for $65 a month. <laughs> now, the good thing is if you find a liquor store in Nashville, if you buy a case, they'll throw in the crate. Well, that, and that's what they said at Greenbrier. I just didn't want to pay that much. And maybe we'll get you to tell us some some honey holes off air. That way nobody goes and raids them. Oh, no. I mean, there's no <laughs> honey holes in Nashville. The market is so rough for allocations that all you're really saying is where are good stores to get picks barrels and brews no justin and james have left barrels and brews oh they have so that was as of last week they still do have some picks there that justin and james were a part of but they're not in that store right now elixir radner um, grand crew you're gonna have main street the big stores, the two big stores that are always bound to have some pick are going to be Cork Dorks and Frugal McDougal. Cork Dorks. And then, um, you know, but a lot of the stuff, I would really just say the ones that, that are the mom and pop that everybody goes and supports are going to be more the Elixir Spirits, the Radners, the Main Streets, the the Grand Cruise. Sinkers out in East Nashville always has some good stuff. Here's something that I've seen today and me and Jim was talking about it before he showed up um, that was almost shameful to me about Tennessee whiskey is I saw a bottle of old hickory up on the shelf 
And I was like, man, I'm going to buy that. So I pulled it down and I looked at it and, you know, I guess a whiskey nerd up of me come out and I started reading and I was like, Oh, look at this, look at this, look at this, look at this. I got down to the bottom. It says bottled in Tennessee, but then it says distilled in Indiana. Yeah. So you took a Tennessee legend. Bellmead is and is, almost but Yeah, but, but it's but, a story, I guess. Yeah, is what Andrew means. Jackson, you know, you're trying to say old hickory, which there's old hickory locks and the hermitage and stuff. This dishonored the man by putting Indiana bourbon in it. <laughs> I well, mean, you could put some Tennessee whiskey in that bottle. Well, Mike, they were they were very transparent though. Maybe they, they were transparent. I'll give them that. It just I, I you know, I love history. Uh the other thing is that same Houston's the same way. Yeah, but they're they put straight Kentucky whiskey on the front of that bottle and it's twelve years and it's well, very the, good. What about the Duke? The Duke isn't made in Texas. <sighs> Well, he's not from Texas anyways, but I know, but um, you kind of associate, <laughs> but uh, yeah. And we talked about that. We were talking about those name brands and stuff. I'd like to see them even Sam Houston. If it had Texas or Tennessee on there, so you think if Balcones stock was inside a Sam Houston or Dickel juice was in the old Hickory, you'd feel better about I'd it. I feel I'd be like, they honored the man. They, they put that state's whiskey in that bottle. Well, so if you're listening to Sam Houston or, or old Hickory, change it because the big chief said so well what about james t kirk whiskey are they supposed to go make that in space <laughs> no but he lives in kentucky he has a farm over there in kentucky i know but i but mean he has a farm in kentucky and he owns a rate he owns racehorses yeah so him and bobby flay big in the like, industry he's like 800 years old but yeah mike did reach out to him to come on the show we'll, we'll see what happens <laughs> you know patino owned horses but they always kind of petered out after 15 seconds Speak, <laughs> speaking of that do you and i brought this up yesterday do you know the names of those horses on that bottle yeah <laughs> let's hear them no well no you you want to say it i <laughs> so you got bonnie scott which is so we, wait, wait a minute let's back up this we're talking about the bell mead bottle here the bell mead bottle yeah. and the two horses on the front of any bell mead bottle any bell mead bottle there's two beautiful horses on there and they got great lineage or at least one of them did one like 60 his lineage won like 60 kentucky derbies Absolutely, Bonnie Scott. yeah and then you got the old brown dick yeah. on there with his uh, Kentucky waterfall off his mane. Oh, it is a Brown Richard. <laughs> Brown Richard. I, I refer to him as Brown Richard. Brown, you don't say Dick, huh? Um, and you know, back in the 1890s, 1880s, Dick was just a name. Yeah, it was just, it was a, just name. a name. It's just a name. That all changed. And in I the think Charlie over there and, and Andy probably made the right decision <laughs> by taking those names well, off the Well, because they bottle. do people like old Big Chief were out there. <laughs> <laughs> I got to tell you that, you know, so there was a... a I used to do the horse racing radio network and there was a horse racing at Keeneland and it's a, it was referring to top gun and the horse's name was hard deck. And so I went to Kurt Becker, the track announcer before we're up in the booth and I'm like, you know, Kurt, don't mess up on this one. You know, you don't, you don't need to be like, and hard dick surges to the winner. <laughs> You know, you can't. It, there was going to be something, you know. And then hard deck comes on the outside, hard deck coming down the end, and hard dick surges. <laughs> and he's pushing through. <laughs> I yeah. had a kid that worked for me, and his name was Richard. And uh, he was like, My name's Rich uh, Chief, and that's that's what I like to be called. I said, All right, you, you don't want to be called Richard? Nope. I said, All right. So, first day he comes into work after that, I said, What's up, Dick? 
Can you, hey, you can't call me that. Um, not everybody likes that word. I was like, I like it. I think it's a great word. Um, <laughs> so, so back, you know, we know what the horse and names are. Right. And uh, I think Big Chief, there's so many things that you guys could do from a merch standpoint. Yeah. With Big Chief. He is just. He's just begging to be used. Well, he, here, he I, I did bring up a merchandise thing, and Jim's like, I don't know. I don't think that'll sell. And we've, me and him have shot like merchandise stuff back and forth, and we don't know if it's the it's worth the effort or not. But I think our fans, our listeners, they love kind of, it. They want that stuff. Yeah. And I wanted to make a shirt that said bourbon bullshitter on it. So if, if you're a listener out there and you think that's a good idea, I want you to shoot Jim an email. <laughs> Jim at the bourbon road.com. This sounds or, like, or tag big chief and bourbon bullshitter. And we'll <laughs> this sounds like my show where it's like, yeah, Zeke has an idea and he's like, I'm reach out to John because <laughs> I'm not going to look at the social media, but, um, I, I in that, that's another thing uh, about podcast. Do you ever feel like your email or your podcast messages like Instagram is just gets buried sometimes? Yeah. I had to turn off notifications <sighs> finally after three years. Yeah. You know, so we're in our fourth year last year. I finally had to turn off notifications. I couldn't take it after, after yeah. 24 years in the military. Uh, I was like, I'm done with a cell phone. Nobody's going to be calling me at work no more from work in the middle of the night. No text messages, no nothing. And then join the bourbon road and it's it's like a, a slot machine goes off in the middle of the night. <laughs> well, Jim, what do you think about Black Bell before? Well, we- I tell you what, I think the Black Bell's really good. I can definitely taste that uh I don't know, it's kind of a almost a savory note to it for me. Yeah. Yeah. It, yeah. You for you too? It's a lot of chocolate stout. Yeah. On the, you know, I really, really get that stout on the finish. So it's like regardless of whatever is there on the nose and the taste, it's like, you know that I think the most prevalent thing that always keeps me going back is the finish just lingers and lingers and lingers. Yeah, mine's gone. I really enjoyed that. And, you know, it's always nice to have a bottle that, you know. You get to try something anyway that, you know, is hard to get your hands on and and get to experience it. Because I've heard a lot about the Black Bell. Well, Just, I'm glad you got it. Well, we're, thank you so much for sh- you shared it with us. And that's my favorite thing about being on the podcast and being part of the bourbon culture is everybody's always open arms to us. And hey, I want to share you, share my whiskey with you, yeah. my bourbon with you. And that's that's what this is about, right? Absolutely, sharing some great bottles. Now, I would have liked to have taken a little bit deeper of a dive into the dads a little bit. <laughs> Maybe when we come on your show, <laughs> what, gonna, what else do you want to know? John up. I feel like I told him everything. Oh I mean, man, yeah, you're an open book, no I'm doubt. About it. I'm gonna dig deep. <laughs> There's nothing else to dig deep on. Zeke's an asshole. <laughs> I'm trying to do the show. Uh, we we are incredibly honest. And I'm gonna bring some coconut oil with me for next time. Uh, we, I got to get you down in the bourbon room. If I show you, I'm going to show you what my back wall looks like right now uh-huh. after we, we take a little break here. Yeah. You're going to want to come down. I'm sorry I didn't get you to the house. I knew that with my three-year-old, we wouldn't have got anything done. Well, maybe 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 someday we'll get down there and, and we'll be able to hang out for a little bit. That'd be fun. Yeah, no, that's the no microphone and we cook up something on the grill and we all hang out and have a good time. Right. Well, John, why don't you take a minute and let our listeners know where they can find you guys and uh, how they can uh, listen to what you got going on. 
All right. So uh, thank you very, very much, both of you, for having me on the show. I've had a blast and let the big chief eat. But free <laughs> hashtag free big chief. Please put that <laughs> on the bourbon road everywhere you go. Hashtag free big chief. Uh, my name is John Edwards, along with Zeke Baker. We host Dad's Drinking Bourbon. You can find us on Facebook at Dad's Drinking Bourbon, Twitter at Bourbon Dads, Instagram at Dad's Drinking Bourbon. Find us wherever you download your podcast. And that's pretty much it. Well, it was a pleasure to have you on today. Um, you know, it's it's a lot of fun. Thank a lot you. Of fun. I've never not been in control before, but it's kind of uh, I don't know, freeing. <laughs> I do that. I'm sorry. It's totally me, and it's I need to know my role sometimes nice. jim just took his pants off <laughs> <laughs> mike won't you take us out so uh thanks for listening today everybody you know john thanks for being here uh zeke you suck for not showing up hell yeah <laughs> <laughs> uh you can find us on instagram facebook uh on our on our web page thebourbonroad.com you can find me at one big chief on instagram i'm jay shannon 63 um go into our private facebook group the roadies uh, asked to join three questions pretty easy do you drink bourbon do you uh agree to play nice and are you 21 are you 21 right uh, come in there talk to us we got some master distillers in there uh we got some industry folks uh, we got some other podcasters in there um some great friends you know, great conversation. Come in there and talk to us. All right. Well, the show went a little long today, but uh, I hope everybody had a good time. And <laughs> You could cut out about 45 minutes. <laughs> <laughs> it's all good. We're going to have a good time uh, being on your show sometime. So, all right, fellas. Ready to call it quits? Let's do it. All right. See you on down the road. appreciate all of our listeners and we'd like to thank you for taking time out of your day to hang out with us here on the bourbon road we hope you enjoyed today's show and if so we would appreciate if you'd subscribe and rate us a five star with a review on itunes make sure you follow us on facebook twitter and instagram at the bourbon road that way you'll be kept in the loop on all the bourbon road happenings you can also visit our website at thebourbonroad.com to read our blog listen to the show or reach out to us directly we always welcome comments or suggestions. And if you have an idea for a particular guest or topic, be sure to let us know. And again, thanks for hanging out with us. 